What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, babe. Sorry, is that it? Is that how we start? I got it. No, babe. no, I got it. I got it. Here we go. Ready? Hey, Hi, babe. babe. Oh, fuck. Hi, baby. Hey, baby. No, it's hello, my love. Hello, my love. I'm sorry. See, sometimes What's wrong with you? I don't like being boxed in. Well, be boxed in. We need to have a a uh, you know, it's catchphrases. People love catchphrases. Really? They love them. See, I don't know if it's all that important. I think I think people um need to get used to change. I think change is really good for people. All right. Maybe maybe next time we could start with something different. All right, let's try that next week. We could try it right now. Becca, shut up. I told you you could be in here, but you have to shut She's your mouth. She's over there nodding and agreeing with everything I'm saying. Yeah, whatever. So. Of course, the two of you are going to gang up on me. Uh, Jeremy here. Bridie here. Becca's sitting in the corner, and uh, she's not going to speak because she doesn't have a mic. So, uh, hi. She might speak. Maybe, but don't, because we can't hear you with our Just headphones Just sit on. there and look adorable. That's right. Um, so, hi, everybody. Hello. Why am I so much... Can you speak louder? No. I, I've i been asked that my whole life, so apparently the answer is no. 
Okay. Can you smile a little more? Because you look much prettier when you're smiling. Well, I think those two things are very different to say. <laughs> number one, we're doing a podcast. So uh, uh, speak louder. And I, number two, you would look a little prettier if you smiled more. <laughs> God. All right, we're off to a... a Guess who's getting some hate mail yeah, fuck next off, week. whatever. Okay. Um, all right, we're off to a shitty start. So let's start over. Here we go. Ready? Three, two. Hate it when you do that. No, we are starting over. We don't have time for this bullshit. Ready? What do we... That's what people want to hear. What was that? What was that? That was your phone saying, pay attention to me now. It's my turn. No, it wasn't. Phone's off. Shut up, phones. Are you ready? Go for it. What are we doing? Hey, baby. Hi, my love. It's hello, my love. Well, you people fucking reversed like it. No. catch yeah, okay, phrases. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> Okay. If you can't get it right, the oh people God. are going to be disappointed. I'm keeping all of this shit. <laughs> Fuck. This is bonus material. Okay. Uh, okay. So what's uh, what's up, bride? Okay. Ready to talk about some sex? That's how we start. Right. It's been too long. Yeah. Um, uh, what's up? Well, we've been away for a couple of weeks. We did PEI. We did Alberta. We did a wedding, which was wild and so funny because my little sister is already making jokes about her second marriage. Literally, it was four days ago. Um, I'm a, I, the one time my friend uh, came in from from a wedding. Like he he you know came over after a wedding, and the first thing he said to us was uh, he came over what he came over to our house. Uh, and the first thing he said was. Uh, you know what? I think that one's going to last. And I thought that was really funny. And so now every time I go to a wedding afterwards, yeah. I'm like, I take a moment and I go, is it going to last? Yeah. Or is it not going to last? And I think that one will. You think for, yeah? Yeah. They're, they're pretty cute. They're really cute. And I think they have a really solid take on like, uh, creating their own path yeah. too. They seem to. Uh, so we were away. Yeah. Now we're back. Now we're back. Back in action. Um, and uh, we got a we got a fun episode for you guys today. Uh, it's an episode we recorded while we were on the island mm-hmm. with a uh, mutual friend of ours, more so a friend of yours. Yeah, I sort mean, of. Yeah, yeah, we get into that. We, we go back a little bit further. Anyway, yeah. we talk about it in the we episode. Talk about it. Yeah. yeah, no, uh, it didn't start that way. Okay, whatever. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, Brady definitely wants to bang this guy. Uh, he wants to bang her, and it wasn't awkward or anything like that. How many fruit flies are in here? It's crazy. I'm Jesus looking at all those beers over fuck. there. You have a fruit fly farm. Look at that. They, they're growing shit. their own. I see maggots. It's the one thing I hate about the summer. Yeah. Okay, um, so moving right along. Um, Brady, let's. Uh, I know that you wanted to touch on uh, a brain boner there. That yeah. it's kind of, we kind of got like a bunch of things all packaged into one thing. Mm-hmm. What's up? So we got this uh, email the other day while we were on PI, actually. Uh, we just got a chance to get around to it now um, from R. I'll call her R. She says, I have no problem masturbating or taking care of business and I can easily get myself off both by watching porn and by using my own imagination. However, I'm almost 30 years old and I've had many sex partners, but no one, female or male, has been able to bring me to orgasm. I've tried it all, making fuck 
anal sex, fingering, oral sex, not getting myself off for a while to really build up my horniness, not watching porn for a while, telling and showing people what I like, but all were unsuccessful. I've been told by people, you got to be careful about what you're told by people. I've been told by people, you just take too long and have had people give up. Now I automatically say, no one can get me off, don't worry about it, I don't need to come to enjoy myself. But I'm tired of saying that, and I am incredibly frustrated. I crave for someone to make me come. I hate when people ask if I'm close or if they tell me to come for them, as it does the opposite, and then I definitely won't come. I feel too much pressure from others and from myself to orgasm. I assume, I assume people get tired, even if they assure me they are not. I think I am so used to it not happening that I may have conditioned myself to not orgasm from others. Do you have any suggestions to how I can get over this and finally have someone make me orgasm? Thank you so much for this amazing and educational podcast. Thank you. Um, sincerely, one frustrated, orgasm-lacking, turn-me-on fan. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, the number one thing that I want to say right off the bat is that I love that making fuck is sticking with people. People love catchphrases. People love catchphrases, and they love making fuck. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm the one to speak to this. Um, what, like, what are your thoughts, Bride? Well, uh, may you, I just say, yes, that this was a partial entry of a much longer email. Yeah, she wrote us a novel and gave us some really cool. Uh, backstory about her um losing her virginity and also shared um that you know speaking with becca and hearing about um my boyfriend you know makes her feel more open-minded and all that's great but then she shared this website with us and actually she's not the first one to share this. and she's not the first one this one came our way a while ago but the cool thing that r did was send us the website and her personal login information so that we could take a sneak peek of this paid service so the website is called omgyes.com omg like oh my god omgyes.com and it's um all about female pleasure and sexuality and um there's a ton of topics well when i say a ton probably like 12 and they are really interestingly titled and they all have a series of write-ups and videos that go with them so so from their about us uh part of their page women's sexual pleasure has hidden in the shadows for too long it's time to get it all out in the open there's so much that has been left unsaid, unasked, and unknown, all because of a taboo all because of a taboo that we believe will look absurd in a few decades. The same way taboos from the 1950s about oral sex and homosexuality are absurd to us now. We want to accelerate that transition. Oh my god, yes, or OMGS is an entirely new way to explore fascinating, useful, and fun information that's been uncovered in new research. You're Computer, <laughs> did I not say turn the phones off? Wait, what is that? Wait, is Siri just <laughs> she does? She has she's giving us feedback on how to pleasure her. Oh my god, Siri, she's like, just shut hold your up. thumb down over the home button and shut just up, Siri, rotate it in yeah. small circles around. Well, okay, well, that's a good segue. So you go to OMG, yes. And basically, it's these like, okay, you go ahead and talk about it. Okay. 
And so basically there's these yeah, I'm going to read gonna you the fucking ever to edit. Okay, you read. <laughs> I'm fucking so not down to be awake till fucking midnight tonight. <laughs> Fuck. Um, okay, so the subjects that they talk about are edging, which we all know is approaching orgasm and falling away from it. Babe, don't look so cranky. Rhythm, a well-timed, almost musical loop of motion. Hinting, consistency, surprise, multiples, so overcoming sensitivity to build multiple orgasms. Um, accenting framing, which is about context and your, you know, imagination and uh, headspace. Layering, staging, orbiting a million ways of circling the clit and signaling styles of giving and reading feedback. So, like, there's all these different aspects and subjects that you can go through. And when you read them off like that, it kind of seems a little abstract, a little general. Well, I gave um, some... But, I gave- but when you go into it, when you click on on, you know, one of these three things, like, say, edging... It goes into like very a lot of detail into what edging is, right? The like the art form of edging, if you will. But not only does it do that, they have three different women who describe in video what works for them when they what techniques of edging that they use, and they have three different types of techniques. Um, and then, so you can watch these videos of these women describing it, but not only are they verbally describing it, they're also very graphically demonstrating it with their hands and their, the vagina, which is like super useful, I think, to have that and to have that explained by someone specifically in a way where they're being very detailed in the way that they explain how they like to be touched, Mm -hmm. which is something that like, I feel like I've I've never seen that. Like when we first sat down and watched these videos, I was like taken aback. Cuz so rarely do you ever find people who go I really or let me let me put it this way. How many times do you hear people say I don't know how to tell people what I want? Mm-hmm. We fucking hear that all the time. Yeah. I've heard that all the time. From a quick browse of this whole website, I feel like I see the uh, many so every subject has a few different women's perspectives and they they seem to address most of the things we get questions about in terms of like female pleasure yeah um and so so not only do they describe what it is that they're doing verbally and show you what it is that they like to do but then there's a whole like tutorial where it's a huge close up of a vagina that person's vagina and you use the mouse or your finger, apparently, on an iPad, like right on the touch screen. To do the technique that they And they coach you through it you as you it. go. They'll say, like, I like it like that. That feels good. Or that doesn't feel so good. Like, try up here or try a little slower or whatever. Which at first might sound a little weird, but... It looks a little weird, too. But... But how, like, what a fucking amazing resource. You know what I mean? Like, how often do you get the opportunity to look at a whole bunch of different types of vaginas and, and like, I think the key is there's no type, there's no vaginal yeah, type. Yeah, that's the thing. Or type uh, of like one movement that like works for all women. In fact, the biggest takeaway I think is that everyone's different and everyone's body language is different and the way everyone communicates is completely different. So, yeah. Asking if you're the giver, asking lots of questions mm-hmm. like, does this feel good? 
faster or slower, uh, harder or softer are the kinds of questions to ask. So when I was, you know, going through this site, all I could think of was, yes, this is amazing for women to to go on there and like learn about their own bodies and how it how um, how you know the different like techniques they can use to touch themselves and pleasure pleasure themselves. But what a great resource for partners! And I was thinking how like amazing would this have been to have when I was like fifteen? Yeah, you know, when I first started becoming sexual as a woman too yeah because uh you have all these like makeup tips and like how to braid your hair in different ways yeah but no one's like this is how i diddle my diddle yeah exactly try this thing yeah yeah uh i think this is amazing and here's the cool thing so and and this is this is totally the um omgs has not is not like endorsing this podcast whatsoever Mm um uh you know this is just something we came across and we actually really really enjoyed um but so the way that it works is that it's it's a one-time service you just pay one fee so it's like a book and you get a season it says right on the top of the website season season one one. so maybe there's gonna be i think they keep uploading things to the website which is really great and the the thing that that they were saying was that all uh, a portion of their proceeds go directly into the research of Female pleasure. Which we definitely need more research on because yeah. up till very recently, uh, we just had hysteria. So let's come back then to our friend R, who sent us this question. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I mean, again, I can't really speak to it. I think you would be better to speak to it. But I feel like the answer to what R is looking for is, is within the email she sent us, which is OMGS. Yeah, because R, you said like... Um, you know, let's see here. Where is it says, uh, I've been told by people you just take too long and I've had people give up. Well, that's a big thing on this website. If you go to the bit about framing and how, how your mindset is really important for orgasm and for sex for women, especially like it's mostly, they say it's mostly between the ears. So if someone is saying like, I'm going to make you come so many times or come for me or like, um, coming in 10, you, you're going to come in nine, are gonna you going to come close? in eight, seven, six, five. You only got five seconds, four, <laughs> three, here we go, two, and ready and explode, one. Oh, Did, it didn't work. Ah, shit. What's wrong with you? Uh, yeah. So knowing that, uh, your partner's got to be down to just like give for as long as it takes. Someone uh, offered up a suggestion there of setting a timer where it's like, Hey, this 20 minutes is for you. Kind of like when you go and pay for a massage and you say, this time is for me and this, I'm not going to worry about giving my masseuse pleasure or maybe you are. I don't know. Depends on what kind of massage you're getting, I suppose. Uh, but like, it's just like set a timer, set it. And for that time, I mean, you know, just fucking relax and let someone go down on you or whatever. The other thing I was going to say, and I don't know if this, if this speaks to R or not, but maybe like, I don't know, maybe smoke a joint and like, just get a little kind of body high, you know? And, uh, I feel like I, I feel I, I know that it helps me get out of my head every once in a while when I'm feeling like really in my head, like if I have an edible or something like that. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of like, it's like this little reset button. I don't want to promote drug use, but but I, I do, do love me some drugs. Yeah. And I smoke pot a lot and I find <laughs> sex very 
Other than the kind of dryness that comes with pot smoking your mouth and whatever. Right. Um, that's why lube's so great. That's why lube is so great. Um, but yeah, but if you start automatically saying no one can get me off, don't worry about it. I don't need to come to enjoy myself, which I, I have actually been a proponent of in the past of saying like, hey, actually, I don't need to come to enjoy myself so that it's more about just like the playtime and less about getting to a destination. I think that might be the equivalent of faking an orgasm only because mm. you're you're right off the bat giving um, permission to your partner to be to, to be totally not fucking selfish. care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, to say it's impossible for somebody else to make me come, if you can make yourself come, somebody for sure out there is going to be able to make There's you come. a whole section here about signaling, which is like you said you tried telling people what you like and what you don't like, but there's other kinds of body language and physical feedback that are really interesting in the signaling uh, portion, just mm. like, you know, whatever, like, uh, codes. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, last week I went to I went to the bank and standing in line to deposit some money we were on PEI. You were jerking off? No, God, no. Uh, you jerking someone else up? Brady, come on. We were standing in line. I was standing in line and there was a gentleman behind me and I just looked behind me and I arched my back a little, poking my butt out and I like put my finger like in my mouth and like just kind of bend my finger and, and, and like, like wiggle my bum like I was a little like skunk. Yeah. And I was like, hey, hi. And he real he knew then and there that I wanted him to mount me. Yeah. Body language. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I hope that helps. Our, um, I lo- what I love most about this whole uh, s- story is that I read your email and went to this website and saw all of these sections that I read through and watched the videos, and they were very. I mean, all these women are talking about their vaginas, but for the most part, the videos are really wholesome and like talking about how to give like verbal feedback and like how to get in the right right headspace. And then I tell Jeremy about it and we get home and he opens up his computer and I send him to the website and he logs in and immediately the first thing he finds is the videos of people fingering themselves. (laughs) That's like, as I start making dinner, scrambled eggs. And I'm going, oh my God. Brady, look at this. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm using the, the mouse pad to finger this woman. And then I went over and I helped you with it, didn't I? Didn't yeah. I say, are you really pressing down on the trackpad so that you she taught can feel me how it? to? Yeah, I and did. then I, and then I was like, no, oh no, that's not how you do it. And then I went, oh, it is how you do it. Yeah. Uh, Becca just can't help but add something here. Come on, Becca, come say something into the you, microphone. What do you have to add? No, come on now. You you just te- just text me. Watch that beard. Come on, come on, come come come. come. Hi. <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, I can get in my head sometimes when people are like fingering me or eating me out and I get nervous or insecure that um, they're not enjoying themselves or getting tired or I should be pleasuring them. So I'll just say like, tell me you like it. Like, uh, I love this. Yeah. Like, how much do you love fingering me or tell me you love eating me out while they're doing it so then I can get back on the focus of me and I find that uh, easier to come that way. So I know you tried telling them what to do, but maybe telling, getting them to tell you that they're enjoying themselves doing that might be 
help you relax and because come. yeah because i feel like mm-hmm. too when you're having sex with someone and they say anything to you it's like the hottest yeah. thing ever yeah um cool well i hope that helps our and uh and hey you know what we should probably bring this up um a couple of weeks ago we were featured on a buzzfeed article mm-hmm. and uh which was super cool because Holy moly, people love BuzzFeed, I guess. Yeah. Like, how many people click on that fucking website? Apparently, it's their major news source. I guess so, because uh, we were on this very small, very insignificant BuzzFeed article. Um, But our our numbers blew through the roof. We have all these new listeners. Um, And so the reason I bring this up isn't to boast or brag or anything like that. Uh, Suck it, sick boy, suck it. Soon... We're going to start a Patreon. No, well, well, that is true. We are going to start a Patreon soon. But the other thing was that uh, there's probably a lot of listeners who are like, who the fuck is Becca? Uh, Becca oh, is my girlfriend. Good point. Um, and a friend of a friend of Brody and I's. And uh, we've, we, there was some episode where Becca was on the podcast. Family yeah. vacation or something. Yeah, family vacation. Oh, sh- a couple times. Yeah, a couple yeah. times. Um, I just I just googled front page of BuzzFeed and uh, it's kind of about R. Kelly. So yeah. Oh yeah. 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 R. Kelly's got some weird shit going on. Maybe we talk about that next That's week. That's a long, long it's history. That super fucking has. Yeah. Uh, I want to throw it to this week's episode, but before I do, I made a promise. Uh, somebody came by the yoga studio the other day with a uh, pamphlet. Wait. Wait. <coughs> this bear walked into a family's house and wouldn't leave until someone punched it on the nose. Okay. Uh, read this article. Please get off BuzzFeed. Uh, okay, so someone came by the studio the other day with a pamphlet, and it's uh, someone through, through Dalhousie, um, and it says, want to participate in a sexuality... No, well, I already fucked it up. No. Want to participate great. in sexuality research? We're looking for LGBTQ plus couples for an online study. And the rules are uh, you must be 18 years of age or older. You have to be uh, have living together for at least a year. Um, you have to be sexually active and other eligibility criteria might uh, may apply. Um, couples earn up to $160 in Amazon gift cards. Uh, whoop, whoop. That's pretty amazing. That's great. Um, so if you are uh, a part of the LGBTQ community and you are a couple and you're living with your partner and you're 18 years or older and you want to participate in this uh, research study, you can head on over to facebook.com slash L-A-B-O-S-A-N-T-E sexual femme. That's Labo Sante sexual femme. Uh, and you could also send an email to bes.udem at gmail.com. Uh, I guess it's actually through the University de Montreal, but uh, this person who gave this to me was from Dal, so uh, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that, Jerry. Yeah, and you know, we're talking about like the, the study of, of women's sexuality and women's women's pleasure. Uh, so if you want to also add to the, the, the research in into... Um, LGBTQ couples. Uh, guys. Do it. BuzzFeed knows who oh you should God. be for Halloween based on your Zodiac sign. What's um, yours? I'm uh, actually Alice curious. in Wonderland. What's mine? Uh, yours is Pita Melark from Game of... Uh, not Game of Thrones. Uh, Hunger Games. Pita. Pita. Oh, the cute boy. Yeah, you're patient and a little bit reserved. However, you're a hard worker and brave. Hey, that sounds just like me. Hey, Becca, you're an Aquarius, right? 
Uh, you got Miley Cyrus from the 215 or 2015 VMAs. Like Miley, you're eccentric, which is what makes you special. You march to the beat of your own drum, but you're also very quick-minded and loyal. Additionally, you're a humanitarian who likes to fight for social causes. Plus, you have a plethora of VMA costume ideas to choose from. Look at this sexy photo. This you totally dress yeah, like that yeah, for all. Tits out. Good. Good one, yeah. Okay, uh, let's start to this week's wait. episode. We wait. said no, Brian. Wait. No, wait, this no, is it. this is oh really important. God. This woman's lost engagement ring turned up thirteen years later on a carrot. This week's and guest, still ladies fits. and gentlemen, is uh, Steve Puya. He's a friend of ours, a yoga instructor, and an author. He wrote a book. It's called Lucky Duck Cola. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, we hope you love this week's episode. We love you. We'll be back next week with a fantastic episode. And we'll see you on the other side. Thousands of people are oh trying God, to find Brian, a kid this little monkey. Ah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So anyway, I'm addicted to snow. Yeah, I love uh, it's from um Gletcher Priest. Mm-hmm, yes, uh, Gletcher Priest. Geisenhausen. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> yeah. I have like a few addictions. I. What well, are you addicted to? Well, smoking weed. Yeah. And eating uh, candy and jacking off. <laughs> but, but, All at the same time. I like I like to kind of go back and forth between the three of them. If I had to do them in order, I would probably smoke weed, mm-hmm. then eat candy, then jack off. And then and then go backwards from there. So jerk off again. Yeah, when I eat wake some up, candy, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. smoke a J. <laughs> yeah. What kind of candy are you like super into? Uh, any anything. I like it all. Uh, but if I obviously, I think that 
everybody loves Reese's. Oh yeah. But like in in Asia, you can't get the good stuff. You get like the. Right, you're living in China, right? China, yeah. Right, what's that like? Is it a trip? Uh, literally, yeah, it yeah. is a trip. It's and, quite a trip and over there. Also, in sort of a figurative way, yeah. Like I, there was a culture shock when I initially moved <laughs> over there. Are you just like the biggest motherfucker over there? Like you're you're a big dude. I'm huge. Yeah. How tall are you? Uh, six four. And you probably weigh what, like one ninety? Well, maybe two. 220 220 wow i was fucking way off dude you're fit you're fit as fuck (laughs) i try you must be you must literally (laughs) have people like run up to you in china and like try to try to like pet your head and yeah and like you know they'll kind of poke at me and they'll be like basketball (laughs) (laughs) yeah right uh, (laughs) no basketball i'm so bad at basketball but uh, in, when I lived in Taiwan, uh, people actually thought there that if you played more basketball, it made you taller. No and way. I was like, no, that's not true. And that's then not true? Like, no, it's true. And then, they know. That is, that isn't a, that's not a true fact. You don't get taller if you play. Maybe if you spend a lot of time hanging off of the rim. That's what I was thinking. Stretching yeah. machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I maybe exercise could maybe make someone grow slightly i don't think so i don't don't know yeah no i don't think probably yoga makes you a little bit taller you do yoga though is that what you do are you teaching over there i do teach yoga yes uh teaching over there is a lot of fun um some people don't understand what i'm saying and i'm unable to communicate with some people but for the most part they just kind of look around and like they can see what other people are doing um i don't know I mean, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, um, let's talk about jacking off. <laughs> I was sure, like, yeah. that, that's a perfect segue into yeah. how much you love to jerk off. So, totally. Uh, <laughs> so are you jacking off a bunch because you're in China or have <laughs> you always just been jacking off a bunch? There have been times since I've been in China where I've been like, wow, I got to jerk off a lot less. And then I was like, oh, but I'm over here. I don't like. I don't have anything to do tonight. <laughs> like I'm. I might as well just like keep doing it until I get sick of it, and then hopefully I can make a, a big change. Uh, I wouldn't say that I jerk off more in China than I do in North America. Um, How much do you jerk off? Presently, like you know, an everyday thing, but it's not like it was before. Um, probably obviously like from when I discovered it, when I was the first time I remember masturbating, I was really young. Like you couldn't even call it masturbating. I remember I was in the laundry room and I saw a, uh, like a box of laundry detergent and I wasn't even a sexual fantasy. I just sort of had this image of my body lying prone on it and then it moving forward and back with my arms, like, by my sides. I know, it was kind of weird. Like planking. Yeah, planking (laughs) with no hands, planking (laughs) on your face. So so then I planked on my face. (laughs) And then, no, but I kind of just started whatever, playing with my wiener uh, when I was really young. But then I was quite chronic masturbator all through school and the early years in junior high, high school. Like what's chronic masturbator? Like what are we talking about? How many times a day? Literally, uh, literally as much as I possibly could. Like during school? 
No, no, no. No. Um, usually at, at home or like in a safe place, but we could say like between 20 and 40 times a day every that day. That is a fuckload of jerking off. And I would ejaculate 20 times. What? Like, and not a full, but like some, right. like something would something you, would you know? You I'd have climax. to I'd have to go I'd have to go clean off like you know something right yeah and then um, it became something like kind of like people have a cigarette like for a long time sometimes when you ejaculate you're thinking about sex sometimes you're thinking about nothing and your brain is just empty and you and it's just like a way to release tension. And I think I'm I'm a very nervous person, and it was a really good way for me to, maybe the best way to like let let stress go, and it's the best feeling that there is. Yeah, right. Right, basically, and you can do it whenever you want. So why wouldn't I do it all the time? Right. Uh, but when I was in college, I remember like I would do it like until like there I bled and I was unable to Jesus. be with women because of what was going on down there. Like just from chafing or like, mm-hmm. were you, yeah. are you circumcised? I am. Yeah. Okay. So were you, were, it was just chafed from your hand. So like you weren't obviously tearing your foreskin or anything like that. Cause you don't, you don't have friction. Yeah. Too, too much friction. Whoa. And definitely, uh, it was kind of like, I, I wouldn't say I was embarrassed by it. I just didn't show anybody. Mm. And if somebody had have seen it, they would have been like, what the fuck? Like, you know, but uh, I'm not really there right now. But uh, but uh, I was kind of too late into life. Now I still do it often, but it's different. It's more joyless and it's not a novelty anymore. Almost to the point where like, I'm doing it, and while I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, like this. There's like a sadness to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why is that? Like, where? What's what's that from? I feel like it's separating me from other people in a way. Mm. I feel like obviously everybody who has a sexual relationship with another person first has one with themselves, right? Uh, everybody masturbates first. Uh, with the exception of like what very 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 small few, few mm-hmm. pretty small percentage yeah um, and it's like obviously it's the fundamental kind of sexual experience that you have you always go back to it you know um, even if you have a partner and then sometimes if you're with a partner and then your sex life takes a dive then maybe you start to do it more again and then it becomes your escape and you mm. feeling like you have control and maybe like you haven't had sex in a long time. You feel weird about it. You don't have an outlet for that. So then you kind of go into the into the bathroom and put a towel in your mouth and, you know, jack off and like, and you're like, <gasps> like, like super <laughs> quiet, never, quiet orgasm. I haven't done I've never the, yeah. myself off like that before. Yeah, I've never done the towel in the mouth thing. I, I mean, I can usually just keep my mouth shut and be like, mm. are you just a, like a, a wild screamer? Like you're b- biting down. Like, yeah. I guess if you're jacking up so hard that your dick's bleeding, you're, 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 you're a, a bit, little bit hardcore, a little bit primal with it. I used to live in an apartment with like no no doors and i remember being in the bathroom jerking off one time and my girlfriend i I remember i was in there and it was quiet so she couldn't hear me like pissing or whatever and she was like what's going on in there 
And it's like, oh, nothing. I'm taking a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shitting. I swear to you, I'm shitting. Yeah. Pretty, oh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I, if, so I, I've got a couple questions. No, the mm-hmm. first one is if you, you know, you're someone who jacks off a, a, a fuckload throughout your life, mm-hmm. um, th- that really ups the chances of getting caught. Uh, did you, did you ever, did you get caught much jerking off? Like, have you been caught in the act red handed? Of course. Yeah. Um, what, what's the most memorable, uh, shit I got caught moment? Um, definitely got caught a lot as a kid. Um, and like when that would happen, maybe I would be scolded. Mm-hmm. I was at an age where it was like, not like. Oh, Steve's jerking off. It's time to have the sex talk with him. Maybe it was more like, get your hands out of your pants. Like, right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and like later I got caught maybe. I remember one time uh, I was at somebody's house and like the person that I knew there was away. And then I was jerking off to porn and then someone walked in. And just opened the door a little bit, and I kind of pulled my shorts up, and then they just stared at me, and then slowly backed out of the doorway, <laughs> and then we didn't talk about it. Maybe, maybe the worst time is actually when I was in college. Uh, it was the second year I was living with these roommates, and one of them, like I had just arrived, and we're all just arriving with our stuff. So I got there the day before and I'm like laying in bed, my stuff, I just unpacked my stuff and I was jacking off. And this roommate of mine, he walked in literally as I was like about to climax and he didn't notice and he just, he was like, ah! and he like ran over and gave me a hug and like, oh my God. As, as he was hugging me, I was... Uh, blowing my load. No. (laughs) (laughs) And he still, he just still wouldn't know that it had happened. Like he was like, ah, and I was like, ah, I'll be out in a, like, I'll be out in a second. But I was just kind of like tensed up. Right. I just kind of froze my body and maybe he just felt like he had surprised me. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Right. Sure. (laughs) And also was like, wow, that was weird. Steve had a giant banana in his pants. (laughs) Frozen banana. Yeah. (laughs) That was throbbing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. How? At what age did you become sexually active with other people? Um. Okay. So when I was younger, I was pretty. You know, I'm an insecure person, and I'm not uh, very assertive. Like, uh, maybe open with my opinion, but uh, I am very passive generally. And when I was in junior high, I was very small. And I felt like when in junior high, women responded more to the kind of gorilla, kind of like, yeah, you're me. Ah!" (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't really have much of that in me. And like, then in grade nine, I grew uh, nine, 10 inches in one year uh, over the course of grade nine. Whoa. It did. It was, and it was, and it was uh, obviously emotionally stressful time grade nine you literally just hulked out in a year i did yeah and after that uh girls became interested in me uh (laughs) my first kiss was when i was at the end of grade 10 
Um, and the first time I had sex was in university when I was, well, okay. I kind of, maybe I was inside something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I got, I got one through the, the goalie, past the goalie, but like there was no real sex. Got uh, it. got it. And then in gray or in uh, university, I met a girl and I took her to a dance and I remember we went home together and like we were about to have sex and I was super nervous because it was my first time. So I was like, hey, just so you know, like this is my my first time. And then her reaction was just like, oh, my fuck. Like she was like, God. and then like disappointed. So like she was like, Son she, of a bitch. she swore she was like, fuck sakes. Like and then I so I was like, oh, like, well, like so then we we started to do it. And I'm maybe, you know, I've got, I've thrust myself into her, what's a, what, 10 or 15, you know what I mean? Like a few, a few moves. And then she's like, looks at me and then she's like, you know, it's too bad. This is your first time because I really like to be dominated. And then in my head, I was like, oh no, like, so I keep going. And then, and then like, obviously like I'm super nervous. And then she's like, you're sweating so much. And then she's there was like this vein popping out on my forehead and she's like, Looks like your your head is gonna explode. What's with that vein on your face? Wait, are you sure she likes to be dominated? She sounds like a yeah. fucking that natural she was dominatrix. Poking, she was poking the bear. Yeah. Then we we finished, like I didn't finish, uh or whatever, but we we had sex for a while, what, half hour or something, right? And then I went and I sat on the bed. I I screwed. I had sex with her in my roommate's bed, in his bed, and then I went over and I sat on my bed, and then I just burst into tears. Oh, <laughs> no. And she was just like, uh, she she was not impressed. So you guys are married now. No, I, okay, so we, we we did do it again uh, a few years later. And then shortly afterwards, she became a lesbian. Uh. <laughs> I, I hope it had nothing to do with our experience together. I don't think it did. No, I don't think no. that's how that works. No, but yeah. still, I at the time, I was like, geez, this, this girl will be the death of me. What was the first, like, really positive sexual experience you had? Oh, I mean, uh, there's all various types of experiences, right? I've had some good ones. If we're talking about sex where you... Uh, climax and you know you you finish and you're rolling around on the bed like maybe maybe that took me till I was 22 or 3 until I met somebody who it felt like a real interaction you know we were joking around we were laughing we'd have like you know orgasms and it would be in and out of fun hangout slash Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. passionate stuff and but that was a special person. That was, you know, one of my soulmates or whatever. You know what I mean? Like a, a person who we were kind of built to do that with one another. Mm. But as far as like having a good sexual experience, like making out or whatever, I mean, I had those all along. But mm-hmm. um, but the, the, the those moments where you're sleeping with somebody and you're and you're in in there with them and you guys are both in the moment and i mean that's that's uh that's not easy to arrange do you know what i mean mm. like um and you can't just pick somebody off the street and and feel that open with them or at least i can't 
um, usually I feel like, you know, I can be a sexual person, but I'm more of like a lover. Like I, I want to make love and uh, I need some emotions. If there's no emotion, it's kind of hard for me to really feel it. And your emotions creep up on you. Uh, you know, you meet somebody you like, usually you know them and you're not interested in them. And then one day you like look over and it hits you and you're like, wow, I really mm-hmm. like have chemistry with this person. That was like Brady and I. I mean, it started off very platonic and then one day it was like, oh, oh, I like her. Yeah. And that's that feels yeah. nice. That's yeah. like, uh, it feels like it was a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you go out to the bar or you go online and like you're looking at someone's face or their body and you're like, I would like to like wrestle with that body or I like that face. And uh, sometimes that works out. But usually you wind up like maybe taking them home and kind of being like, well, what the fuck did I do here? Like Mm. maybe not all the time. I've never taken anyone home from the bar before. Or gone home with anyone from the bar. I've never picked up that way. And also I find, I've found that with the exception of maybe, I guess I haven't really slept with that many people, but most of the people that I've slept with, I've actually really enjoyed it or felt some kind of connection with. Mm. Most of them. Um, Steve, what's funny is we didn't even like introduce you. Hey, hey Steve. Hi. Hey. (laughs) 20 minutes in. Uh, I know that you, so... You wrote a book. I did, yes. Um, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but you gave a copy to Bridie and I. I haven't sure, gotten yeah. to it yet. Uh, That's okay. But you've told us... Uh, well, Bridie's read some of it. Yeah. And ages you, ago. Ages ago. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's a lot of that's changed. And, oh, yeah. And you've you've told us a bit about the book. We were out the other day for, for coffee. And um, I know the book is like weird as fuck. Yeah. You know, like super uh, crazy, sort of wacky, wild, weird shit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I feel like there's a lot of, uh, you've had a lot of those types of experiences in your life. Um, or to some degree, at least like, um, it makes me curious about like how your mind works, but, uh, you were talking some, you know, the other day we were like, so how, what are we going to talk about when we sit down? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you were like masturbation. I could talk about that. I could talk about, um, uh, feces, like talk about shit. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then and then some other things, but I'm wondering if the feces thing mm-hmm. is that is that a is that tie back into like sexuality? Uh, I don't know if it's a sexual thing, but it's it's something. I mean, I did when I was younger play with feces a lot. Uh, I mean, and in times when I remember doing it, and in times when I don't, and uh, sexually. And I'm probably not alone, but the imagining the smell of feces makes me unable to have sex. Uh, and when I was young, I have like a love-hate maybe relationship with with feces. Yeah. Like I used to do stand-up comedy; it was all about feces. And you know, when I was a kid, I remember like you know we'd we'd like take a shit in a bag, and you know run up to a building and just fucking throw throw <laughs> yeah. throw the like launch the shit and it splatter all over the yeah. building like we and like you know would uh, maybe take a shit in a cup and then like turn it upside down and then park and wait for somebody to go pick it up and then there would be shit on the ground <laughs> and just see them like oh like right. um 
and like uh i have no memory of this this is at my friend's house but i was staying the night at my friend's house when i was like maybe 12 years old and he said that when i left i had one sock on and my mother was had picked me up and she was like you know where's your other sock like and i was like i can't find it like we'll just we'll we'll deal with it when we get home like i have other socks whatever like let's go and then my friend his if someone in his family went upstairs and found um a sock covered in shit uh lying in the sink in their bathroom <laughs> <laughs> what that, that i had like wiped my ass with a sock and then just like left it in the sink uh, you don't remember that i don't remember that one right i remember other stuff um one of my buddies this is not all me, I suppose. But I remember I was swimming on the St. Catherine's Bridge with one of my friends, and and he went off and the he went off where we couldn't see him, and he squatted down and took a shit into his uh, his hands, and then he rolled it into a ball, and was like, "Oh, hey, Steve!" And then like I turned and he threw the shit at me, and it hit me in the chest and stuck on me. So, like so, I looked down and I could see. Oh my god! It's probably the girl in me that's really into the gorilla thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, but that sounds actually revolting. It's do disgusting. All men do this? I've never played with my <laughs> shit like that. No. So like, so I saw the shit. I jump off the bridge, then I climb up the ladder. And he jumps in. Everyone's having a laugh, like, "Oh, Steve just had shit thrown on him." Ugh. Like, and then, my, then my friend, he's climbing up the ladder, and then I took off my bathing suit and I grabbed onto the side of the bridge and I hung off the side of it, and then I shat onto him as he climbed up the ladder. And oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and it hit a bunch of the rungs on the way down. And when he got up. He had shit all over his hands. Oh. And then like our dad or not my dad, somebody's dad picked us up and was like, what's that? What's that smell? But uh, anyways, I wouldn't say that it's a sexual thing. I, But it's I guess it's just it's like masturbating in that when you're a kid, maybe it's different for guys and girls. I don't know. But when I was a kid, uh, we explored that kind of stuff. And there were some moments where we did some some weird stuff that now I don't feel, I don't feel that weird about it, but, uh, but it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely gross. Mm -hmm. Shit's gross. I know a guy who just like happened to be with a gal and they were, you know, starting to make some love and, and actually they were kind of like wrestling about and she was, uh, on his chest and they were like, she was like romping around and, and she accidentally shat a bit on his chest. And then that <laughs> led to a full on like little poo party with the two of them and sex was involved. And, and there was a lot of like mutual exchange of doo doo. Wow. I know. I know. I don't know if that's for me. I don't think it's for me either. It. I can't think about sex when I smell that. It just. Oh, no, yeah. But there's some, there's some people out there where it's like it is right up their alley. I guess if we're talking about like primal, like tapping into something primal and like mm -hmm. animal, I guess that's like hard to leave that out because animals are covered in... I think it's relevant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know anything about the science, but I assume that like if you somebody's area doesn't smell good, it has something to do with like pheromones and like, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? The, the people that I have fallen in love with typically... 
I haven't smelled any odor from their body at all. Even if they didn't shower for days, I I didn't smell anything. Mm. And then I always told myself like that's that means that's true love. Like you <laughs> yeah, know what right. I mean? Like if I could go at, like a dog and smell someone's butt, and yeah. then I didn't smell anything, I would be like, oh, we're supposed to be together. Yeah, you right. Know? Uh, but then maybe that's not true either. I don't know. Uh, maybe I could fall in love with somebody and then find to be disgusted by the smell of them but yeah i don't know if that's how that works i don't know either i because i do smell people that i love and they and i love the smell Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. um not sticking my nose i don't generally put my nose anywhere near someone's butt i think i've done it a couple of times but it does it doesn't uh I would never do it for myself, like out of my own interest. I was just thinking about that cute thing that we do uh, where you stick your nose into my ear <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's like a key. Like my key just sticks in perfectly. And you just like kind of sl- slowly push your nose into my ear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if that's something Bridie does with... With, s- with other guys that she's in love with, except oh, with she does ears? it with her nose and their butt. She's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my nose just fits it's right like in a, your butt. It's like a key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you like, has your, your, you know, we were, I don't, I, I feel like you were sort of serious when you were saying, you know, your, your three main addictions are, 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 uh, marijuana, candy and, and jacking off. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, did your, did this like addiction to masturbation ever become a problem for my sex life it, or in any, any facet at all? But yeah, yeah, your sex life. I mean, obviously it became an issue where you were, you know, like doing it to bleed and and that would take a a toll on your sex life, I'm sure. But socially, did it have any effects on you or? I mean, I've never felt in a way about it where I think socially what hurts me is having secrets and like I find those to be very heavy to hold between me and other people and that they create distance between me and others but uh like i've always been open to talk about jerking off or whatever in a in a light-hearted way and in some cases maybe having conversations about it has brought me closer to people that being said being so close to myself in that kind of fundamental way probably has also made it so that I don't feel the need to pursue a close connection with somebody else in that way if I don't want to. Mm. You know, m- maybe maybe I'm too close to myself. I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know. But, but it's not like a... Aside from... No, I don't feel shame. No. Okay. What about what about this whole like slut shaming thing? So I know this it's interesting. We we had this conversation the other day, mm-hmm. um, and you had mentioned how you felt slut shamed, yes. and and which is super interesting because I I've never heard a male express that feeling mm-hmm. before. Yeah, um, and I don't I don't know maybe maybe that that. Again, not to like, I hate to do this, like paint a general sort of brush over things, but I feel like not many men experience that, or at least I haven't, I haven't come across many. They probably just don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So what do you want, like how, how, I know that it's a bit of a sensitive subject. No, no. Yeah. um, But how would you want to sort of like dive into that? I don't know. I mean, we can, we can dive mostly into it. I mean, basically like. 
I I feel separated from my sex life right now. But there have been times where I felt real free and easy and like kind of, you know, like natural with people and maybe people that I hadn't met very long ago, I could still feel that deep connection with them. Um, and like I, well, we're all yoga teachers, uh, like, and we're all, you know, well, you're not an Islander, right? But no, but, but I married one. So technically I yeah. kind of am now. Yeah. And like, we're from the Maritimes, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a small place. And like, I had just gotten out of a kind of sexually dysfunctional situation or something that was not dysfunctional, but in the end was for an extended period of time. And I had been working and like here, like the people that maybe at the time were going to my class, some of them, some of them were yoga students, but some of them were people I went to high school with or people I knew from a long time ago and like socially. Right. And there's like four bars in town. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I broke up with somebody. I, you know, go to the bar, I'd run into somebody, something would happen. And then like, some of these people I knew through work like or whatever and nobody seemed to care right and it wasn't a big deal like maybe a couple times like an older lady I remember coming up and being like oh I hear you're quite a man around town like (laughs) and then I was like oh whatever at work someone would say that to you yeah but like in a in a playful way right And everybody left with all their fingers and toes. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm a saint, but yeah. I'm, a, I'm a gentleman when, and, I'm, when yeah. I'm face-to-face with somebody. You're not a toe and finger collector. I'm a pleaser. I can't be mean uh, to somebody to their face. It's not, it's not possible, it's right? It's hard to be a pleaser. It's hard. Yeah. So this, this went on and on and... Uh, or maybe not on and on, but it went on, mm-hmm. right? It happened. And uh, nothing really, it didn't matter. Uh, then I fell in love with somebody who was unavailable. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like I went out of my way to make that happen with a person who was in that type of situation. It happened like a normal relationship, like it was somebody I was friends with, they were sad, I noticed they were sad, and maybe I was like, oh, hey. Maybe that person wanted to be noticed. Maybe, but I I won't presume, Mm -hmm. but like... And you say unavailable as in they were in a a committed relationship? Yes. Right. And like, so it started out like they're sad. I'm like, oh, hey, like a nice boots or like you tell them a joke on the way out or and then and then one day you're like, hey, are you okay? Like uh, you seem kind of bummed out. Then maybe you open up to one another and it goes from there. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't mean to, you know what I mean? It just it just happened. And then they maybe were looking for a soft place to land, maybe they were in a situation that maybe they hadn't done some maintenance in their own situation and it made it uh, susceptible to emotional leakage. Mm -hmm. And they love me, I love them, they want to leave. They want uh, like a safe haven. And I'm like, sure, I'll be your boyfriend. Like, so, so that happens. And then 
my job that I was in, it was I had been there for a long time. I decided to leave, uh, to resign or quit or whatever, and that's the truth. But but you know what it's like here is like people see something happen and then they create a narrative in oh, their yeah. head. And Ooh. I did that just the other day. I heard some gossip and then in my head I was making a narrative. And then I I was like, wow, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. So people talked a bit and it was like, well, Steve got the boot there because he screwed too many chicks. And I did I did sleep with too many people, but uh that's not why I left and that was not the issue. And when I fell for this girl, it wasn't like I was like, hey, you need some work on your down dog. Like, let's stay after class today. Yeah. And Ooh. it was, uh, I mean, well, you know, we're all yoga teachers. You know, there is an archetype of a creepy dude teacher. Yeah. I don't want to be seen that way. Mm-hmm. And part of me felt like, I was being seen that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe just somebody giving me a funny look at Sobeys or like I'm talking to somebody and they give me unsolicited advice about my sex life. And I'm like, oh. wait a second. Like yeah. we weren't talking about that. Yeah. Like, and so then that led me to think like people are talking about me. Like now, is that a narrative that you were creating potentially? Or is this like, are you like a hundred percent sure that people were, that talking, people were talking smack? Probably a little bit of both, right? Yeah, right? I mean, I'm sure people talked, but maybe like, okay, when I talk, I mean, I don't care and I don't hate the person I talk about. If I'm gossiping, it's not like I'm feeling hateful, right? Normally, I don't give a shit. And like, but in your head, if somebody's gossiping about you, you feel just dirty. Like, yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah. God, I can't yeah. believe they know. Like, and. Even like a like a week or two ago, I was having a conversation with somebody from my past, and they they asked like three times, like what happened back then. And then the first few times, I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And then the fourth time they asked, I was like, You're asking me like you have an answer that you want to confirm yeah. or or disconfirm. Like I don't want to talk about it. But even though those types of moments mm. just led me to believe. That, that people were talking going about. around, yeah. And yeah. that if I heard that about somebody else, I would think they were a creep, especially if they were a yoga teacher. Because as we know, um, you can teach yoga with a one-month course. I mean, there's priests who are running around molesting people, and they go to school for like two years, and they have tons of training courses. You go for one month, and you go to this place that's full of a lot of people who are kind of recovering Catholics and recovering Christians <laughs> yeah. who are open yeah. in that way, who are mm. open to suggestive things. Yeah. And I'm not one of those people who's in there telling someone how to live their life. But if I was to not know me, uh, maybe I would look at me and be like, well, that guy, that guy is a real, real creep. He's in it for the wrong reasons. In yeah. it to be like put on a pedestal and in it to be looked up to and have you know babes mm-hmm. falling well, all over them and a lot of those a lot of those people that i was with would have probably slept with me if i was their postman do you know what <laughs> i mean yeah. i was just like 25 years old like a big guy like it it wasn't about that it wasn't about using uh, spirituality or anything like that mm-hmm. to piggyback into some sort of 
So, so this experience of, uh, of, of basically being slut shamed, um, took a, took quite a toll on your, your mental state surrounding the act of sex or surrounding love in general. Totally. Like now it's not like I haven't had any good sex in years, but, but pretty much like pretty much I feel, I feel ashamed of myself whenever I feel desire. Like I can meet a girl, I can flirt, I can even break the ice and get to the point where like I tell them how I feel and like what I'd like to happen. But when it comes to that moment where things go quiet and you're looking at each other and there's just silence and you have to unmask like your desire, that for me, I feel there is so much shame. I just can't even open that part of myself up anymore, you know? Do you mean that in like physically you can't you can't show up there like you can't show up with an erection like ready to do the deed or just or just the entire mood surrounding that entire thing just becomes too overwhelming for a while it was like the mood or maybe sometimes I wouldn't get an erection or sometimes I I would make an excuse to stop and be like mm. oh yeah and like but now it's just I don't even I don't even try like I just I just don't even go there maybe I go on one or two dates with somebody and then I just stop because I because I know that it's it's just like because I don't feel like I can be intimate in that way with a person anymore um and I don't know what to do about it you know, like, uh, part of it was the book. Like when you write the book, it's like you make yourself vulnerable to somebody, you show them the true you, and then they have the opportunity to reject you. And if they accept you, you get a big rush. And if they reject you, then you don't really plan for that. But that's kind of like sex, right? It's kind of like this exciting moment where you open yourself up truly to another person and you give them the opportunity to you know say no or to reject in a real real way and and uh it's kind of scary for me um and i don't know like i i feel like i feel like uh I want to be open sexually. I feel like times when I've been happiest in my life, I have felt connected to other people in that way. And part of it is that I'm not happy with myself, you know, and that I, I really do feel guilty about what happened with the, the unavailable girl. Like, I really do feel like I don't necessarily feel bad for her or the guy, but being in PEI, you see a wave of pain, you know, you mm. see maybe an old lady or you hear of an old lady crying and you're like, fuck, there's an old lady that cried today uh, just because, just so that I could enjoy myself. What does that say about mm. me? You know, just so that I could get what I want. This woman is like the way she sees her nephew or her whatever grandson or whatever is like permanently changed. Mm. Right. 
And I hung on to all that stuff. And then I also want to be good to people. I want to be a gentleman. And I feel like what has happened since I've started to feel really ashamed about sex is that my sexuality or what I am comfortable expressing has been pushed back into this weird part of my brain where I express it in different ways. Like maybe I'm comfortable having like a sex conversation online or maybe I'm comfortable uh, going into a sexual situation if it's pre-planned. Like if it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, then you're going to do that, then we're going to do this, and that's all I can handle. Please don't ask for more. I can go there, mm. but I can't go in to a situation and not know what's coming. Um, do you have any of those relationships on the go right now? I have in, in the past, but I don't presently. Right. Are you, like, so you wrote the book, um, and out of out of um, hopes that it, you know, could could turn out to be this form of therapy or at least this this outlet to express yourself and and get this you know get this shit off your chest are there other things that you are actively doing or or have thought about doing to to help yourself with this 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 issue of shame surrounding you know this event like well so something like this just talking about it in a in an open way where people will hear and like I was talking to my friend about this and I was just like I just want people I want to be held accountable for who I really am and I want to live my life as the person I am and I don't want to have to pretend to be a good guy and it's not like I think I'm a bad guy but I do feel like well well I'm Canadian and I'm a yoga teacher it's like polite overload yeah, and like positivity right. overload. And right. I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. And I'm maybe somebody who wants to talk about shit and jacking off. And the time I screwed somebody, I didn't. And I want people to be able to accept me uh, for who I am. And I maybe over the last like 10 years, I, I just have felt kind of backed off away from that. I wouldn't say, I'm sorry, I kind of skirted around your question. I wouldn't say I have any specific activities that I do aside from writing the book and trying to talk to people about how how I feel. Uh, one thing is with the book, I mean, at, at one point I was trying to write just a straight science fiction book. Uh, but then I realized, hey, all <laughs> I ever talk about with anybody is how how... <clears throat> stressed out I am about sex and how hard done I feel by my previous relationships. So that's obviously what I should talk about in the book. And the book was therapeutic in that way, very genuinely. Uh, although, I mean, it just kind of hit the shelves, right? I, ha I haven't had a lot of people read it and then, and then live with them, mm -hmm. with them knowing how I, I really feel. But yeah. It's wild because we've been friends for a while and I feel like you're one of the most authentic and raw and open and vulnerable people that so I've nice. met. So nice. Very nice to, and I, to say. And I also, we've talked a lot about um, shame and uh, getting involved with people maybe that you shouldn't. And the more I hear you talk about, you know, being a pleaser and 
carrying the weight of secrets and responsibility for other people's feelings. I'm like, God, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. Yeah. Um, you guys almost banged once. I don't think we almost banged. Uh, no. I don't know. Not when like you, a... When you and I first opened our relationship, I started experimenting online, uh, like talking to people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The two like of you al- kinda... almost, almost from... Almost in a not almost kind of way, but yeah. but it's but you could you could say something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I wonder how that would have went. You know what I mean? Like I wonder how that. Well, the conversation mostly was about how it would. It's it wasn't um, a suitable uh, situation because we're mm. all involved in the same yoga community. Yeah. and work. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the thing that I've always kind of I've always felt strongly about is like separating. I, I don't. Oh, you, really? Don't you fucking look at me like that? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Tell me more about how. Uh, no, I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you talking about? I just know that. Well, okay. There's been a couple slip-ups. Okay. All right? That's it. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But don't sit there and tell me that you keep a boundary. You work at a bar. You meet people at the bar. Yeah. You work at the restaurant. You meet someone at the restaurant. It's it's not like I do easy. have a very, no, but I do have a very strong thing, and it, I've done. I've it's been a couple of times, maybe two. It's asking for trouble. It's fucking asking for trouble. Yeah. It's like do not don't don't shit where you eat. You know is that, yeah. is that the is that the unless saying? Unless you're into that. Unless unless you're Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless well, unless you're Steve's friend who threw the shit at you. Yeah. yeah. Definitely <laughs> shit where he eats. It's like oh, I think there's a difference if you meet somebody. You have a mutual respect for one another, and they're not like your grasshopper. And it's just somebody around town who attended your class. I think that's different than like your student who like that's right is like coming in and offering, opening themselves up to you in a special way. Yeah, because there's a there is a there definitely is this weird power dynamic thing mm-hmm. there. It just it just feels it just doesn't feel. But some Good. some people they come in and you're like, well, this person is completely self possessed. Yeah. Like I'm like, they're not they're not getting taken advantage of by anyone. Yeah. And I'll be, I mean, I'll say I I'm emotionally a wreck, right? I mean, all the time. And this isn't because of sex or anything. I am, I mean, in my last th- my three big relationships, I probably spent a year of each of them just lying in bed crying every day. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I I am emotionally vulnerable. And there definitely have been women who have made a project of me. Mm. Mm. And like, my foot was not on the gas pedal. But I'm this big, like, handsome guy. And then people are like, oh, my God, like, he did that to her. And then in my head, I'm just like, I didn't do anything to anybody. Like, I, like, like, you know... I remember one person, they they trained me like a dog. Do you know what I mean? It Mm. was like, bring food, dessert food dessert blowjob food dessert blowjob and it was like this like pavlovian like <laughs> and then by the, by the end of it i was just like of course you can come over stay the night like yeah. and i and i cared about that person and i'm not like um shitting on the way they went about it that's just how it happened but like uh i i'm not a, i'm not on the chase a lot of the time like and even when i am on the chase it might not be what that person thinks. And, mm. you know, sometimes people ask you about your sex life. And somebody asked me about it the other day. 
in regards to what we were talking about with the unavailable person. And I was just like, even, even if you knew, you wouldn't know. Even if I told you the truth, it wouldn't be the truth because you weren't there. And like, I, I do, I have a hard time with this, this, I just, I feel so bad. And like I said, I want to please people. I literally need to. The women that I'm attracted to are angry, sad women. And a lot of the ones that I've been with have not really given me approval. You know, mm. that's kind of what I'm after mm. from everybody. And then something like that where it's like I'm a young man and like maybe I'm endowed in ways. And I didn't ask for that. But I do feel like it makes it look like I'm an aggressor when in reality I'm passive a lot of the time and occupy kind of a feminine space in my mm. relationships. Mm -hmm. And I I think like, yeah, I just think like, uh, sorry, I lost my thought there. You're, you, you say that you're a glass half empty kind of guy. Yeah. And... I'm I'm wondering if you see any glimmer of hope in your situation. Like, do you, do you know, you've been in this, this slump mentally mm -hmm. uh, with this blockage. And do you, do you think that, do you think that this is just a phase and, and that there is this, like, you know, there is a light on the other side of the tunnel? Like you, do you feel like you're, you're going to be able to find your way out? Um. I do notice strange things happening that lead me to think that maybe that could happen. Like I, for instance, I don't really trust ladies. Like I feel like if they want one thing from me, it means they want three. And like that, like uh, maybe again, like I am emotionally vulnerable. Maybe I feel like I was in some situations where... It's like, can we move in together? And then I'd be like, no. And then it'd be like crying. And then I'm like, please don't cry. I'll do anything. Like, and then we move in together. It's like, can we get married? No. Crying. Please don't cry. I'll do anything. And then I found myself in these situations and I hadn't said yes once. I'm like, you know, we've built up this life. And like, I didn't say yes to this. And so again, I feel like I'm trying to control a lot where I might not connect with somebody unless there are rules or like when I meet somebody uh, recently, I'm kind of like, I ask myself, is having sex with this person worth knowing them and interacting with them and managing some kind of connection with them? And lately the answer has always been no. Mm. Um, but that that has pushed me to start to look for meaning in a weird way. Like I want something meaningless that I cannot be involved in, but I'm looking for more meaning so that I can trust the person that I have something meaningless mm. with. Mm. And uh, that's kind of scared me almost when I kind of realized that I was like, well, that's not what I want. Mm. I don't, I don't want something meaningful, but, uh, like, like maybe you take a couple steps back to take some steps forward. Mm -hmm. I am stepping back, but maybe in the end that will enable me to move forward. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Always. I need it. I, Yeah. Where can people find your book? Uh, 
It's on Amazon. And if you're on PEI, uh, it's at the bookmark. Yeah, what's it called? Lucky Duck Cola. Uh, well, thanks. is there anything we didn't touch on that you were hoping we'd dive into? I don't know. What do you guys think? Did I did I sound cool? And I, think you, I think you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you're going to have ladies I, just beating down your yeah. door. That's not what he wants. <laughs> well, I want to I want to be cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I... I don't know if I, I don't think I have anything else to say. Like, uh, uh, obviously, uh, I have some optimism. I think life is difficult for everybody, especially your sex life. And I feel bad about a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the things that have happened in that part of my life, but I want people to like me. Uh, I'm desperate for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm very appreciative that you guys, you know, let me come on and talk. I, I really needed this. Um, I, I just really needed to get some stuff off my chest and to, um, kind of, uh, let it go. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, and maybe this is just like that kind of projecting thing you do in conversations with people where you're like, oh, I'm, I already said, like, I feel like I'm talking to myself, but I think it'll be really good when you stop being so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Grow up. I don't stop believe that much. happiness is in the cards for me. Sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't dive back. That's kind of like a loaded, <laughs> that's a loaded comment. Uh, I yeah. wonder, I wonder about that too, because I, I don't like to, we go to therapy together and, um, our therapist, he wasn't talking directly to me, but what I heard was like, you're a glass half empty girl. And I went home with that and I was like, I don't want to be that. And how do I not be that? And, you know, like today I was really stressed out. I had like a huge cathartic cry and I was like really upset about all, forgot my grandmother's birthday. I let a couple people down in other ways. You know, my little sister's wedding's coming up and I am planning her bachelorette and I just feel like I haven't done enough work on it and it's not going to be good enough and uh and i just heard that voice in my head that's like you are taking your this too seriously mm. and you're doing the thing you always do which is like really you're really hard on yourself for things and i've just been able to hear that just barely because you know um Another thing that echoes in my mind in those moments is my acting teachers in theater school being like, you need to learn how to find the joy mm-hmm. in the work that you're doing. Yeah. Because right now it's just, it's, your, it's the slog. It's all work and you're not taking the time to enjoy any of it. And then we, you know, in our yoga practice, it's like, this, this is a process. Like you're, don't, you're, you're not going to be happy once you get to that one point. Like try to appreciate and enjoy these moments as they're, you're experiencing them and that's a that's a really tough for me too mm-hmm. so i i kind of relate to you when you say i um, don't know if happiness is in the cards for me but then i i'm not sure maybe we're working with an outdated definition of what happiness is what it's supposed to look like yeah yeah maybe not uh you know you can li- you can use things like yoga or live your life in a way to engage with your problems and to learn more about them or you can use it as a retreat from real life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you are on your way to trying to become more happy. 
and you wind up getting more sad because you're looking at what's wrong and and like actually kind of fighting with it a little bit or, or not fighting but whatever you're you're engaged with your problems and I do find that difficult where at our work obviously it's kind of often happiness and joy are shown as the end point right and it's almost like if you're not becoming more happy you are not moving forward or Ooh. you are not succeeding or but maybe you got to dig through a lot of shit before you you feel that way. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> the important thing to remember is that it's always temporary. Doesn't matter where you are, it is always temporary. Mm-hmm. It's always this up and down, mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. You're never always going to be happy. You're never always going to be sad. It's an it's a fucking it's a ride. It's a roller coaster. It's a ride, and you yeah. just got to like let the ride happen and be and allow the happiness to happen and allow the fucking sadness to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of trying to battle it and push it away or or reach for it and try to grab it and pull it towards you. Just let it be ride. Like, I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to <laughs> yeah. feel bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and doing that over and over and over again, you know. Um, and, you, you, you know, you might not be saying it like that to yourself directly, but indirectly saying it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't deserve this happiness. Mm-hmm. You see people doing it all the time. And I think, Steve, you do deserve happiness. And Bridie, I think you are great, too. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, You're really getting good at those motivational speeches. You should consider a public speaking career. Well, who knows? Maybe I'll uh, go talk at uh, TEDx Toronto in October. Uh, Because I am. What's up? (laughs) If you want to get inspired, buy your tickets. uh, 250 bucks. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, Thank you, Steve. Thanks for coming. No, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another fascinating, introspective, interesting, and sexy episode, as always. And uh, in the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Subscribe for sure, 100%. That's really important. Uh, even if you don't even fucking use iTunes, just go over there, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and then it helps us. I'm going to need step-by-step instructions oh, for God. that. That's already- it's, 20, it's 2017. Google it if you don't know how to do it yet. You're listening right now, so something's working. How do I? Uh, and then, and then, uh, leave us a rating and a review because uh, we need our egos inflated. And mm-hmm. if you want to get uh, at us, you can. You can visit us on our website, turningonpodcast.com. We've got a couple of submission forms there. One if you want to be a guest, and one if you'd like to submit what we like to call a brain boner, uh, which is just a question that we'll do our very best to answer from an uneducated but. Uh, intuitive uh, place in our own little brains. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.